For those of you listening, the ask, seek, and knock in John and the knocking in Revelation 3.20, those two things are, are distinctive. So if you're going to open the door, I, uh, Raphael just made a great distinction. I, I have many friends, and I'm counseling men across the United States right now. I have many friends who've opened the door for Jesus. But the second distinction Raphael just made, they didn't. Hmm. They didn't make him the Lord of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I will give you, I, I cannot obviously disclose names or something like this, but I'll give you an example of one young man right now. He wants all the benefits of Christianity, but he doesn't want God to be the Lord of his life. Mm. And there's a very serious problem in his life right now. And I just said, you have to give it to God. He said, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. This is the Men Refined Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Men Refined Podcast. In this episode, I have my friend Jerry Abendroth with me. Jerry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Um, I'm expecting this conversation to go not quite in one direction, but in many. Likely because the little that I know about you is so interesting, and I think it will bring a lot of value to any man that will get in contact with you. Thank you. So... I just want to say that right off the bat. So if you will tell us just a little bit about you, um, where you are in life right now, and then we can just dig in from there. Sure. So I grew up in northern Minnesota in a town called International Falls, Minnesota, the icebox of the nation, very cold place to grow up. Uh, Unfortunately, my father was an alcoholic, and he struggled in life, and um, I was the seventh child. So my mother was pregnant with me when she told him, she said, Art, um, either leave or, or stop drinking. And mm. he left. Wow. So my mother is always going to be my hero in life. And she raised seven children all by herself. Amen to that. Yes. And a wonderful, godly mother, but also a very powerful mother, mm. very strong willed woman. Um, and she passed some of that on to me. <laughs> there you go. So growing up, um, I would ad- first want to admit to uh, all the listeners that I was a rough character and um, grew up in sort of a very low-income neighborhood with a lot of bad things happening, fighting a lot. Um, Back in those days, there weren't drugs, but a lot of the fathers worked in a local paper mill, did alcohol and and so it was common problem, and there was a lot of rough stuff going on. My mother had to put up with her son that was always getting in trouble. Several of those friends of mine went to prison, and um, I actually visited them there later. By the grace of God, I didn't. And so I graduated from high school. I did a number of things. I was poor, and so I would work, and then I would... Um, pay for my college and then work for a while then pay for my college again and so that's how I got through college by paying for it myself and and um, but the real key to those years were two godly sisters Susan and Carol and a godly mother her name was Frances and they prayed and prayed and prayed me into the kingdom 
Um, I came late, though. A lot of damage was done. I came when I was 26 years old. Hmm. And um, I admit to you, to your listeners, that um, there was a lot of damage done in those years that has affected me to this day. And yet, by the grace of God, he saw fit to welcome me into the kingdom, Amen. which is amazing. So today, many, many years later, um, I've been able to work in many, many churches and I love working, and of course, with you, Raphael, and others in our in Calvary. Um, I have um, two children and two stepchildren. I have been fortunate in life um, to own a construction company, own an engineering company, which I sold both of those. And now I'm partly retired. I don't know how to retire yet. But <laughs> You're trying to figure that out at this point. <laughs> My wife says I'll never have, but uh, we'll see. That's a good so. thing, right? They say if you keep moving... You're going to keep it long. There you go. If you stop, <laughs> that's it. I like doing things. Good for you. So, yeah. Tell yeah. me something. You said you were hanging out with the wrong crowd. Why do you think you did not end up like them? Besides the grace of God. I think besides your sisters and your mother praying for your life. But why do you think you didn't end up where they did? Um, there was a couple of things. Uh, I know this, I, please, to your listeners, I don't want this to sound arrogant, but by the time that I graduated high school, everybody in my neighborhood that was my age or similar had either failed a grade or, or dropped out of high school. Are you saying that you were just more... A little more intelligent. <laughs> you said it, no, <laughs> not, not, not a lot. There's, they were wonderful. They're still friends. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are still friends. Yeah. But uh, they were they went to work in a paper mill and mm -hmm. they went to work in steel mills. Mm -hmm. And um, they're good people. Mm -hmm. They're good and decent people. But I always knew there was something more for me. Mm. And I always did well in high school and college, my grades. And many of them didn't and the, and I felt bad for them at the time I remember helping even some of them with their homework but um, but they also went too far when they went too far with theft or with burglary or something like this some something inside me said don't don't go this far mm -hmm. no I went part way with them I want to be honest mm -hmm. I went part way but for some reason when they weren't into the heavy stuff I said nope I'm not going down that road mm -hmm. So, I, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you use your brain, right? Yep. I guess, and that's some of the stuff that we see sometimes um, within younger men. Some of them will will pay more attention to their feelings, which way they want to go, how they feel doing this and that. Other young men will will pay more attention and self be self aware of their head, what their head is telling them versus what their feelings are telling them. Which there's a lot to say to that, right? How we can get in so much trouble if we just follow our feelings. Yes. Instead of if we just follow what's in our head, trying to analyze the the cost. What's going to happen if we go this way? I think it's important. Uh, at any age, as a man, you know, if, if, if you're trying to go this way, okay, what's, what's going to happen in the other end? Like, how are we going to end up if we go this direction? Instead of our... Feeling how we're gonna feel today, how we're gonna feel tomorrow. If we want to drink, have a couple of drinks. Yeah, the boss makes you feel good, 
the first couple of hours. If you drink too much, passing your limit, yep. then, then tomorrow you're going to start embracing a toilet. That's just what's going to happen. And you're going to feel horrible, right? Yep. How do we analyze that? And, and, and I think self-awareness has, has, has been lost through the years. In, in, I do too. In our younger men. Now, can you, do you think that you can teach self-awareness? Um, I think you can teach younger people. And when I, in my businesses, my, my employees still count on me years later, even after I sold the company. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's now been six years since I sold my last, last company. Mm-hmm. Those young men and young women still rely on me. They still call me. So I think you can teach a better way. And, mm-hmm. and let me give you an example. And folks, this is six months before I became a Christian. This is every time I tell this story, I uh, I struggle because this is the God we serve. About six months before I became a Christian, I had a lot of friends that I played softball with and stuff like this, and I always had worked hard, had money, had cars, and they said, "Would you give us a ride out to the lake?" Which was about five or six miles. So I was, I said, sure, you know, and we were having a few beers. And so I said, I'll drive you out to the lake. And about halfway out there, I had such dread in me that I I, I just couldn't even go. I pulled off to the side of the road and they said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm turning around. I just can't do this. And they were all mad at me. And they said, you literally got two, three minutes to go. Would just take it? I said, no. And I drove back. To town and dropped him off and everybody was mad at each other and I went home and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Again, six months before I became a Christian. That night, where they were going, where they were going to drop me off, there was a drug deal that went down bad hmm. and, and two people were murdered. Hmm. So, in answer to your question, I think you can teach self-awareness for two reasons. One is, use your brain. Yeah. Make decisions that that are smart and not so emotionally based. The other one is, the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you, and He wants to tell you uh, that's not a good path, or this is a good path. Um, and I think the more in tune you get with that, the more you will follow um, a path that is, you know, God's path is amazing. It's just incredible, all the things He's done for me. Do you believe in God six months before you accepted Him? Do you knew of Him? Yes. I went to Salvation Army Church when I was a young boy. Okay. I memorized scripture that I still know today. Um, but was I a Christian? No. Hmm. Was, what, does, what does that mean to you, being a Christian, quote unquote? Well, first of all, I was mean. Hmm. Um, I had learned to fight, and so I didn't know anything other than fighting. After I became a Christian, it didn't just go away. I don't want to... Mm-hmm. But, however, the edge was off of it. You don't have to fight all the time, Jerry. You don't have to battle all the time. I'm going to take care of your battles. And um, I, that just that tune-up, <laughs> if yeah. you will, yeah. of my brain helped manage life so much. You know, I, it didn't just go away. I mean, again, folks, just be brutally honest. Six years after I was a Christian, I got into my last fight. And I was so embarrassed. I won, and I hurt somebody, but I went home and wept that night because I I can't do that anymore. That's the wrong thing to do. But 
all during that time, God was working on me. And of course, it's never happened since. It's been, you know, 30 years ago. And yet, I don't want to represent that it just went away, but it did get better and better and better. How do you battle our own demons, to say the least? How do, how do we, you know, our own self? Because, you know, I think is is our flesh trying to fight the spirit. And there's this analogy that once the spirit is in you, it's inside of you. This You need to let the spirit grow. And as the spirit grow, the flesh will be minimized within your body. So you become more spiritual. I mean, hence the world. You know, so 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 you will, you're, the way you act, the way people see you, they will see the fruits of the spirit, right? They will see your gentleness. They will see your meekness. They will see your love. And, you know, there's this, obviously, as you heard, there's this say in church, sometimes, you know, you play these games in ministries and it's like, okay, what is, you know, what, what gift of the spirit, what fruit of the spirit do you have more, it's more elevated in your life, you know, and people try, try to analyze, you know, which one are you more of these fruits you represent, but isn't likely not just that, but we should have all fruits of the spirit. Because that's what the spirit is. Yes, I agree. Now, as you become a Christian, how do you think people need to pay attention? Again, be self-aware of what's going on with their lives. What are those fruits that they're letting go of and those who they're trying to just struggle not to let them go out of there? Because... We as Christians, the way we walk on the streets, people should see something in us that they don't see in That's right. anybody else. We are the light of the world, the Bible says. Jesus said that. This, this is a quote from him. So the, when we walk, if we're in a room full of people that they're not Christians, they're going to see something different in us. If they do not see something different in us, if they just see somebody else just like them, there's something wrong in us or we were never saved to begin I, with. I totally agree. And there's too much of that going on. Um, but a couple of things to respond to what you just said, because I think it's important, and that's that God did give me a father eventually, and he, his name was Dr. Vernon Grounds, president and eventually the chancellor of the Denver Seminary, who took an interest in me. But he told me, Jerry, if you want to be a wise man, you'll read through the Bible every year. So since 1990, so the last 33 years, I've read through the Bible every year. In the Bible, in James 1.20, it says, The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Um, there's, there's, there's paradoxes in the Bible that are wonderful for us. In John, um, Jesus said, Ask Seek, knock, it'll be given to you, right? Mm -hmm. And then in Revelation 3.20, he said, I'm knocking at the door. And so you're like, well, which way is it? <laughs> you know, it's both, of course. We seek and knock, but Jesus is knocking true, trying to get us to come and join him. But I, I will tell all your listeners, and this has made a huge difference in my life, pack the scriptures into you, and they come back out again. Mm. When I... Um, 
you know, I was telling you that when I was in the Salvation Army, you know, you memorize verses, you know, what shall it profit a man if he gain in the whole world but lose his own soul, you know. Um, First John 1, 9, you know, if he, you know, confess your sins, if he is faithful and just to forgive your sins. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding. And I don't want to just keep regurgitating, but I can tell you, um, I put a lot of those in my head. And I can tell you that I, I've, I love the minor prophets, for instance, and Hosea. And people say, well, that's depressing. No, it's honest. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Characteristics of the books of the Bible, right? It's Let's label them now. It's, yeah, exactly. Honesty, you know. So I, I will tell you that if you really want to change your life, if you read the scriptures, it'll change your life. And I thank God for that man that told me, this is what you should do, Jerry, if you want to be a wise man. Now, at the time, I have to admit, <laughs> I, thought, I walked out of his office that day thinking, I can't read through the Bible every year. Hmm. Well, yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. In fact, some of those years twice. Mm -hmm. Because it's grounded me. Uh, a man that was too given to emotions and too given to anger and too given to those kinds of things. Um, it's grounded me. That practice alone. But then memorization of the scripture really does help. It really does. So there's, there's, there's also an action that we need to take. To reflect, to accept. Jesus knocks. Right? He keeps knocking. But we're going to decide if we're going to let him in. Yep. And be the Lord of our lives. Be the king of our hearts. The Lord of our lives. I don't think people will really understand what that means. When somebody is Lord over you. When somebody is king over you. If we read the Old Testament. If, if we read, I don't know, Nehemiah, for example. Nehemiah became to be such a great leader rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and putting all these people together, talking about logistically nightmare, you know, he knew who to talk to. Yes. He was not just talking to the men in the trenches. He found the key people within those tribes and he dealt with them and he encouraged them. Yep. And I, I believe that God made him, God spoke through his lips because yep. the amount of um, influence that he had upon these key members of society back then, it was huge. Mm -hmm. It's unheard of. He's coming representing the king. Uh, he's coming with money, tools, you name it. Anything that you need, he's coming. The king sent him. He's the king's representative. So he comes already with power and a statue. He never been in Jerusalem. And you see God working through him and him honoring God. And before he does anything, he prays. Yes. to that and then he goes to these people and he reminds these people these tribes these key members of that society of the blessings that God has done through the years towards uh, their people so but we have to do something right you, you know I talk about Nehemiah because you, you know uh, the first chapter it, it, it explains it narrates the story when his brother comes to him And, and tells him about what's going on, and he he weep and yes. he suffers, he struggle, and he does this for about two months, and two to four months, and and he goes into this deep prayer sense, asking for God. He's suffering 
And then God gives him this uh, opportunity to be in front of the king. And he doesn't know what to say at that moment when his face is just in sadness. You could be killed if your face is showing sadness in front of the king. It was common, actually. Yeah. And the first thing that he says is God. He just throw one of those arrow prayers to God. And he just prays to God. And then he starts asking the king what he needs and why he's like that. And then God provides. So again, back to the action that we need to have. We need to take some action steps. We need to, we need to go in faith and do certain things. Jesus knocks, but we need to open the door. He's expecting us to be willingly to let him come in and be the Lord of our lives, be the king of our hearts. And that's challenging for some men. That's brutally challenging sometimes. We just don't want to let go because we're scared of the unknown. Yep. Well, you bring up a, a paradox that's an, it's a great paradox. For those of you listening, the ask, seek, and knock in John and the knocking in Revelation 3.20, those two things are, are distinctive. So if you're going to open the door, I, Raphael just made a great distinction. I, I have many friends, and I'm counseling men across the United States right now. I have many friends who've opened the door for Jesus. But the second distinction Raphael just made, they didn't. They didn't make him the Lord of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I will give you, I, I cannot obviously disclose names or something like this, but I'll give you an example of one young man right now. And he wants all the benefits of Christianity, but he doesn't want God to be the Lord of his life. Mm. And there's a very serious problem in his life right now. And I just said, you have to give it to God. He said, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't care what your problem is. I, I've been very candid on this um, podcast with Raphael, my friend, that I have, uh, you know, I'm 71 now, and I carry with me the marks of a childhood, you know. Mm-hmm. However, God's the Lord of my life, and He's taken me places that, I mean, last month I asked um, God for witnessing. Can I witness? He gave me five. Gave me an article in a magazine. This month he's given me one. When you ask God, when you truly ask him, not for a brand new car or whatever, like, but if you say, God, I want to do what you want me to do, put it on my heart. In November, he put on my heart, I want you to witness more, Jerry. And I said, okay, give me opportunities. I'll take care of it. And if, you, if I could give you a formula for those of you listening, I would say, listen and then act. And that means when you open the door for Jesus Christ in Revelation 3.20, when he's knocking on the door and you open, it's not just to let him in. Right. It's to become his servant right. for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's become. Now you're going to be the Lord of my life. That means, that means like I'm going to give it all to you. As you know, we men, we need to try to figure things on, things on our own. And we want to make sure that we have the tools so we can do that right yes many men they just they just want to do things on their own they just like they don't they don't accept or appreciate uh, the help of another man in certain things I, th i think the more we understand who god is in our lives 
and the more we understand what is he he's calling us to. I do believe that, and I know, I believe and I know that every man, every person that has God in his heart, in his life, God has a mission for that person. And it is up to those who are in Christ to be self-aware of what God is trying to do in their lives. Everybody has different strengths and gifts and their God-given gifts. He gives some to you and some to me. But people don't understand. They don't want to pay attention to what God is calling them to be. They just want to they just want to play it safe. They just want to show up and just go through the motions. They don't really put a lot of emf- effort and emphasis on figuring out what God is calling them to be. To analyze, okay, I am here right now. What is my job? What is God telling me to do? So it takes again, it takes a lot of self-awareness for a man to figure that out. It takes for God to talk to us, and He's going to talk to us through our peers, to the people that are, have more wisdom than us, that have paved a way ahead of us. So we need to make sure that we have the right people in front of us, the best people that we can. We need to put them around us so they can, one, protect us from ourselves through relationships and to make sure that we're staying in the path and we don't deviate because we will. We're not made to be solo rangers we're made to be in community and a lot of men they just don't want to go first they don't want to be in community because community takes time takes effort they just don't want to deal with it they don't want to deal with the drama that is in their head yep i believe and i think when we realize that we gotta give it all to god and expect that god to do what only he can do and he's gonna start moving through the people that we surround ourselves with through the word, which is a beautiful representation of who he is. And again, that takes time. People don't want to devote the time to get better. It takes exposure, too. For those of you listening, I just, um, there's, God just brought a very common verse to mind that I need to share with all the people um, that might listen to this, and that's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Memorize that verse because I don't, man or woman, old, young, there's temptations in this world that are just multiplying and that are attacking you every day. And one of the things Raphael just said that I have found common. So again, I'm counseling a number of men and young men and even some older men across the United States right now. And I'm also um, in a deliverance ministry. But the most common thing I can tell you is that people don't want to expose their secrets, whether it be pornography, whether it be an addiction to something else. Sometimes, believe it or not, it is an addiction to self. And what I would tell you is that there is a way of escape. There is. And I know because I use it all the time. I, I stop and say, okay, God, you promised me there'd be a way of escape. Where's the way of escape? And where's the way of escape for a young woman that I'm counseling right now through her family? Of course, I wouldn't do young women myself, but through her mother and father, I'm trying to help her come back. But I will tell you again, over and over again, that I, I would just 
encourage you to memorize 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and then to use it. Because there isn't any temptation on this planet that God hasn't got the answer for. It's just that, are you willing to tap into it? And one of the things Raphael said that's so true, it takes time and effort, and it takes a little bit of fortitude to stay with it and don't give into it. That is so true, and and I, I don't I don't get tired of saying those those things. Every 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 person that we have here in this podcast that we have a conversation, um, it's I mean the, all this thing came about because of connections and community. Because we as men, we need people in our corner. We need more than one people than one person in our corner. We need many men yes. in our corner. Yes, we do. I'm a firm believer of that. Uh, don't remember the name of the I don't remember the proverbs that says better to have um, your neighbor better to have your neighbor closer than your best friend away or something like yes. that mm-hmm. um, but that's that's one of those that's one of those verses that that makes me create this massive tribe and be part of it put myself into it me too because it here's the thing sometimes people don't invite you to places and that's okay Mm -hmm. i learned that the hard way and that's okay but i tell people i'm like a punching bag you can keep punching me i'm not falling now does it hurt yeah what the heck of course it hurts but i'm not gonna fall yep you can punch me what i'm going is if people don't invite you to places it's up to us as men to invite ourselves mm-hmm. and find a way to get in those places. Because again, many men, they're just not self-aware of what's around them, right? Sometimes we don't see the guy in the corner. Right. Let's be realistic. We yep. just don't because we're occupied with other stuff. But we need to put ourselves there. If I see those 15 guys that are 10, 15, 20 years older than me, if I need to learn something, it's got to be from those guys. So I'm going to knock somebody's door and I'm going to ask, hey, right? And eventually, you know, find my way in. So I'm trying to be very sneaky that way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed of saying that. What, so what I'm going is like, we need to put ourselves in better places. You can't expect people to do that for you. We need to man up and move ahead and find those places where we can get better around the best people possible. Why? You know, Why is that? Well, and I, I want to share something with your listeners. Um, some of the best wisdom I've ever received in my life has been from women. And um, let me give you an example. Wow. Really? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> I know. They, I'm such a macho sometimes. Like. <laughs> they... Um, Beth Moore is an incredible teacher of women, and she's written so many books. But one of her best stories is she was in an airport, and, and God said to her, go over and brush this woman's hair. There was a woman in a wheelchair, and Beth was like, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. And God troubled her so bad, she finally walked over to the woman, and she said, can I brush your hair? And the woman just wept. And she said, I've been wanting somebody, somebody to comb my hair for me because I look terrible. And so they brushed their hair and she talked to her for a long time. Um, I have learned, you know, 
Jesus hammered away at his apostles, right? Mm. So 11 of them were left. Judas was gone. Mm. How many, when am I going to be resurrected? One, mm. two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> Can you count the days? One, two, three. They could not see it. They could not see it. <laughs> and who was at the tomb? The women. That's right. Who told the story? The, the women. women. And I, I have learned so much from reading the women's side of scripture mm-hmm. that I would tell you all that um, it's just it's just a, a, there's just a vast amount of wisdom that comes from our wives and from our aunts and I had a godly aunt that was just unbelievable in her wisdom and so you know if again if you seek wisdom I I love the way that no one knows for sure. It says wisdom was there when he created the world. And is is she? Uh, no, uh, no, I mean, no, Jerry, no, <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is, 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 um, you know, it's like an entity. Wisdom is an entity, whatever yeah. it is. I mean, it's so hard to understand from Scripture. We we know one thing for sure. God says, seek wisdom. Mm-hmm. And there's only one Ask place. Ask wisdom. That's one place Who's to get Who's the it. giver of all wisdom? God. God is. And we have wonderful, we have God the Father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that want to give us wisdom. Yes. But he does say, ask. That's right. And there seems to be just an amazing thing, ask. And I, I love the way you brought up the Proverbs, because the Proverbs are just filled with ask for wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do all the time. Mm. And, you know, uh, it's, James was clear, you know, if you, if you lack it, ask for it. That's right. And one of the things I can tell you from counseling a number of men right now, are they asking for wisdom? Nope, not most of them. And so it's, I think that's dangerous. I really do. I think if you really want to know what God thinks and what God has for you and the path for you, Ask for wisdom. Whatever wisdom is, it's characterized in scriptures in such distinct ways. Um, And I think it's got such a rich tradition to it. Ask for it. And, you know, Raphael and I were talking before this podcast about Augustine, who is one of the most wise men since Solomon never did. But he was dumb for 20 years. His mom had to pray him into the kingdom. And those are the kinds of things that, after that, he asked for wisdom, and he got it. And then he wrote incredible books and theology that lasted for thousands of years. You know, still major major player in the Reformation. Too. Major player. You said, um, you know, you're part of helping mentoring a bunch of men in this season in your life. What will be a common denominator between all those relationships? that you could speak of um, about where men are in this time and age? What's the common denominator of weakness or this is why they don't, they, don't, they don't cross that line or this is why they're so hesitant? But what will be a common denominator for you right now in, that, in this season in your life as, 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 you and, as you're dealing with these relationships? What I see most commonly is that when the men that I'm counseling, both old and young right now, mm-hmm. in variety of walks of life, instead of drawing closer to God when problems hit, they actually move away from God. 
And what do you think that is? Faith. People tend to blame God for all their problems. But he can take that. Oh, sure. He's got big right? shoulders. Yeah, he can take it, but it's still not healthy if you stay there too long. Right. Um, I, I, so, once, so would that be a feeling? A momentarily feeling? Because definitely, yeah. When I was injuring my back, I was pissed. I couldn't do many. I couldn't even put my socks. And as a yep. man, right now, all I have in this under this roof is old ladies. So I'm the only man. They need me to do certain things in the house. So as a man, that messes with my head if I cannot do certain things. And yes, I scream at God. I blamed God. And I was pissed at God. Sure. Those are feelings. Many will say, oh, no, you were depressed. I'm like, well, whatever you want to call it, I was just there for just a little bit. And I'll just pass through, right? Uh, I understand. But it's just feelings that need to get out. As men, you need to just push through it. But again, I mean, they're feelings. We can blame. We can play the blame game. But like you said, yeah, you shouldn't stay there for too long. Now, are you saying they're staying there for too long or they're just, it's just momentarily faces in their lives through their struggles? There's a second half of it. So if you've trained yourself, by the way, just, you know, full disclosure, hmm. I'm not immune to the blame game. Every, hmm. once while, every once in a while with God, I'm like, on it. Yeah. Why don't you do it my way for a change? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I'd like you to listen to me and then do it my way, God. And that's healthy. I mean, he can take that. Well, we're human beings. We are supposed to have this this direct connection and conversation with God, man. He, yeah, he likes the conversation. I love that. However, I will tell you this: another, the second common denominator. You said one or two. The first one is. Oh, you can say problem. three, Jerry. If you, want. No, you, you can <laughs> no. go all the way if you want to. No, this, There's so many issues out there that I I'm, I'm just want to hear your experience because everybody says something different, but there's usually a common denominator between all of them. And and the second one that I see is that they're not used to running their lives according to God. They're not used to reading Scripture. I'm not going to read Scripture. Okay, I just, you know, one of them, for instance, rightly, I just said, why don't you do me a favor? And I, I just said, why don't you just read the four Gospels over and over again? You don't have to read the Old Testament. You don't have to read the rest of the letters, Revelation, none of that. Just read the Gospels, you know. Uh, I'll get around to it. Okay, okay, in other words, I'm not going to do it. So the second common denominator I see, and you're right, there are many, but these are the two biggies. If you're not used to relying on God and trusting God and going there, then having Jerry, you know, tell you over the phone that that's the best way or over a Teams meeting or Zoom or whatever, which is most commonly these days, it doesn't register with you that that that's the solution. The long-term solution is reading Scripture, being in a men's group, praying, and doing the things that make you successful. So when the problems come along that you have a little bit of a rock there to go to and, and you have a tried-and-true method to go to. But, um, you know, two of these men are older Christians. One of them that's had a very serious problem for a long time. He's lost pretty much everything now. And he still won't really, he still says he's a Christian, but he still won't read the Bible and he still won't, he's still angry at God. Um, you know, my first thought now, because of Dr. Grounds in my life, when a problem hits, is go to the scriptures. Mm. 
And it it's not like I open up the page and I think I'm going to find my answer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it's just comforting. Mm-hmm. So I read these scriptures. Um, this morning before I was um, came to, to Raphael's home, I was reading Hosea and I was reading Luke. And I was reading, I, I read at, at kind of an unusual way through scriptures. But in every one of those, there's just a peace for me. And I believe that peace is available for all men and women. But unfortunately, there's not too many that tap into it. The way you read uh, scripture every year, um, do you have some sort of a set plan? Or um, I'm, I'm going through a 52-week um, scripture reading right now. Um, so I'm doing it, you know, it's a bit different because every, every day um, I'm in a different book. Right, it's not ge- it's not genealogical or in order or anything like that. But d- do you have a plan that you usually follow, or does that changes it through cha- the years? It changes. Um, where are you where, so? Where I, are you digging into right now? Uh, this year, um, I, last year, I read the chronological Bible. Okay, I've read the one year Bible. Um, I think it was three or four years ago. I read the Message, mm-hmm. and I've read the New Living Translation, mm-hmm. and. Um, I find richness in all those. Mm-hmm. Um, my go-to, my standard Bible that I've had for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, is the New American Standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and in... What 95, I, 95 or 2000? Uh, I think this is the... Two, yeah, it's the 2000 version, because the 95 version. still had the thousand of these. Some, some. Not, <laughs> not ever. I like both. There's yeah. certain words in the 2000 sure. that I'm like... Uh, why do you judge this? You know, <laughs> I, I still like the 95. But so. anyway, I try to mix it up a little bit rather than get into rut. Sometime I'll read, you know, kind of what I do is always start off with the Psalms and Proverbs always. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but if you're reading a chronological Bible or a one year Bible, that's not the case. You know, you read from the right. way it's set up. So, um, if those of you that have ever read a chronological Bible, it's so unusual to get your head wrapped around mm-hmm. that. It takes a while to get my brain going, okay, because you know, it almost feels like it's not right. Well, it is right. You know, Job is a very it's old just, book. It's just not the, the, the way we're accustomed exactly. to read. Well, and then for those of you that are listening, if you really knew how that Bible got put together... Mm. Um, you'd be like... There was a lot of drama back then. Oh, Just, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, and they did the best they could. Of course. But... God bless that. <laughs> yes. Through it all. And then, you know, some monks, about 1,100, started putting in verses for us. Because the verses obviously weren't there. The numbers, the chapters and numbers. Mm. All of those were written as long scrolls. You know, and so... They didn't have any chapters or verses in them. That yeah, was, yeah. those guys, again, they didn't, you know, I mean, we'd like to change some of the, that stuff they did, but they did. They tried to help us out by putting in chapter and verse. So pretty cool. In closing, yes, Jerry, I would like to just give you an opportunity to probably give a couple of nuggets here and there for those men who are looking to make a change in their lives because the way they're, that they've been doing it, it may seem that it's not doing anything for their lives. And and they're like between the trenches, right? They're like, they're, they're almost ready to cross the line, but they're not crossing the line because of either lack of understanding or lack of trust. And um, through your seasons and your year, you're, you're, you're being too, 
to different seasons in your life, you, you know what's what's been wrong, what's been good, what's working, what's not working in your life. But yeah, what were some of those couple of nuggets that you can advise either younger men or or older men that are trying to make some changes, but they're just they're just hesitant to cross that that mm. line that could that could do a 180 in their lives. I, I would like to share two things with you. Um, one is um, I have read in my life, first of all, um, because I didn't have my own father, I had to read all kinds of books mm. to try to figure out how to be a father. Yeah. And so I tell people all the time, read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a lost art today, but I try to read a book a week. And sometimes... Readers are readers, right? Yeah. That's what they say. Yep. And so, and, and just so you know, listeners, I read secular books. And one of the best authors is Maxwell that mm-hmm. teaches us how to be, but, uh, you know, this more disciplined person. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, to put discipline in your life, I'm not saying you go everything to the scriptures. I'm saying you get the best authors you can, like Maxwell, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's just an example. Yeah. But there are many more. Um, you know, I, I learned how to be a salesperson by going to Dale Carnegie and Zig Ziglar classes. Mm-hmm. I learned how to be a businessman by going to Dun & Bradstreet courses. I eventually end up teaching those courses. Mm-hmm. And so I will tell you that, first of all, no matter what you do in life, whether it's in your spiritual side or your secular side, gain discipline. Make your bed every morning. Clean up. Um, just get into a routine, not a rut, but into a routine that makes you a success, both for God and for yourself. Um, the secular side and the spiritual side of you um, have to mesh. As Raphael said so clearly earlier, they're, they're at war, but they don't have to be at war. Mm. You can get them closer and closer together. Mm. So thank you for this time, Raphael. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for being here and taking the time jerry um do appreciate your your wisdom <laughs> and um man if you're listening to this to this episode and it has bring any value whatsoever share it with somebody and put yourself in the right places there's a lot of good people out there and you need to fight for that yes. for that space for that seat on the table don't wait for somebody to invite you into that table just knock some doors ask some questions Get some wisdom for those who have paved the way ahead of you. Yes. Thanks again, Jerry. Thank you.